We've been looking uh, in a series, we've been in a series this summer looking at what does it mean to live out godly character. And we've been looking at different uh, passages in the Word of God and, and looking at the character of God and who He is. And as followers of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, He calls us to be like Him. He calls us to be like Jesus. It's a process of discipleship. It's taking on the character of Christ. And God really does care more about who you are than necessarily what you do. And I know kind of like guys, we first thing we do, we introduce you to, to each other. We're like, hey, what do you do? And I, what do you do? What do you, what, what do you do? What do you do? Right? It's that, you know, we kind of take stock in, in who we are and what we do and our occupation. We take our identity in that. But really, God really does care about your character and how we live that out in the world. If, if we're not growing or striving to know Christ and also let him be known, if we're not doing those things, there's a, there's a disconnect in our relationship with him. So God cares about your character and really how you live your life out before others. Jesus cares more about who you are than what you do. And so the character of a disciple of Christ actually models it before others. And we should be different. The world should take notice in the way we treat others, the way we love each other. There should be a difference in us. People should notice not so much by what we say, but how we treat others and how we live it out in our lives. So God cares about our character. And we kind of, we, we define character as our thoughts, our habits, our temperament, judgment, attitude, motives, behavior. All these things make up our character. And one of the things is we've been looking at the characteristics of God and how those things should be implemented in our lives. Today we're going to look at the faithfulness of God, that God is faithful. No matter what you're going through in your life, no matter what circumstances you may be facing right now, they may not be ideal, but I want to let you know this morning that God is still faithful and he will always be faithful. And sometimes it's easier to trust our circumstances and allow our circumstances to dictate how we live our lives. But what we're going to see today in the Word of God is we're going to see that we can't trust our circumstances. We can't trust our feelings, right? Feelings, nothing more than feelings, right? We can't, we can't, that was pretty good, by the way. We can't, we can't trust our feelings. But the one thing we can trust is the character of God. And it's the character of God and knowing, and knowing who he is will help us through the ups and downs in our lives and our emotions when they're up and they're down and the different ways that we feel. Because many times we allow the circumstances in our lives to dictate, to dictate how we feel about God or how God feels about us, right? So if things aren't going well, sometimes we may feel like, man, is God even for me? Is God there? I don't feel like my prayers are being answered. Why are these things happening in our lives? Has that ever happened to anybody in this room, right? Uh, you know, survey says all of us, right? We, we all have gone through those times. And if we're not careful, we can allow those things to just shipwreck our faith in God and cause us to get discouraged and actually move away from the Lord. But the character of God helps us. There's a, a prophet in the Old Testament, Jeremiah, 
And Jeremiah is, a, is an interesting, interesting person uh, just for the sake of what he went through and what he lived through in the history of Israel. Jeremiah witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem and the waywardness of God's people, and he witnessed God's people being taken away and being captured by a foreign enemy as part of God's discipline in their life because of their waywardness. And actually, Jeremiah, he became known as the, the weeping prophet, the weeping prophet, which means it's okay to cry. I, I kind of relate to Jeremiah. I, I, get, Jer- I, get, I get Jeremiah. Um, I can relate to him. But I want you to see something. Here's, here's a person who is a prophet of God who, who lived some 600 years before the birth of Christ. And he's seen all this destruction around him. He's not seen God's people live out their purpose. He sees them making unwise choices and begin to follow other gods and not follow the the covenant God, Yahweh. He sees the destruction of Jerusalem around them where God's temple is. And he's seeing all this around him and he's sad, he's depressed. He's like, man, I I, I feel overwhelmed. And there's a book called the Book of Lamentations. And Jeremiah laments over this. But there's a specific passage in chapter 3 that shares with us how Jeremiah made it through. How did he not allow the destruction and everything that he saw around him that just was not good, how did he not allow that to dictate his life and his walk with the Lord? Well, I want to look at this. This is a beautiful chapter in chapter 3 of, of how Jeremiah encouraged himself in the Lord when everything else would say otherwise. So let's look at chapter 3, verse 19. It says this. He goes, the thought of my suffering and my homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Jeremiah is being completely honest and brutal, isn't he? He's, he, he's being raw with us right now. He's sharing like, man, this is just horrible, all the things that I'm seeing around me. But what does he do? Look at the next word there, verse 21. He said, yet. He said, yet. In spite of all the things that are going on around me, I should have just no hope. I should be hopeless because of what I see around me. He says, but yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. And what Jeremiah does is he recalls who God is and the character of God. Even in the midst of utter destruction, Jeremiah calls on the character of God. Listen to what he says. He says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Everything else around me may not look that great, but the faithfulness of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. His mercies are new every single morning. And this is what I'm going to say to myself. So guess what? It's okay to talk to yourself. So Jeremiah is is talking to himself. He's encouraging himself. And this is what he says. This is what I say to myself. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will put my hope in my circumstances. Are you with me, 1030 crowd? What does he say? I'm going to put my hope in him. And what, what Jeremiah is saying is this. Everything else can be gone. Everything else around me can be gone. 
But guess what? My heritage is in the Lord, and I get him. Ultimately, I have God. Ultimately, I have the Lord. That's why I can still have hope in the midst of destruction. And he says this, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord because ultimately God will save us. Amen to God's word. See, listen, I want you to see what Jeremiah does here because this is so vital for you and I here today. He does not trust his circumstances, but the faithfulness and the character of God. It's easy to get discouraged. And Jeremiah doesn't hide his feelings, but even in his hurt, he reminds himself of one of the most amazing characteristics of God, and that's his faithfulness. So why is faithfulness so crucial in the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine, think of it this way, can you imagine going out and buying a car and the seller wants to sell you the car and you say, hey, how, um, how, how faithful is this car? Or how dependable, right? Faithfulness and dependability go hand in hand. How, how dependable or how faithful this car is? And the seller goes, oh yeah, it, it works 50% of the time. Yeah, 50% of the time it'll start, no problem. You know, so if you get stuck out on 104, that's fine. You know, maybe next day. Maybe tomorrow it may work. What if you said it's 60%? What if you said 80%? You're going to say what? No way. I don't, this car is not dependable. I want this car to be dependable 100% of the time. I don't want to have to guess every morning when I wake up if the car is going to start or not. You would not buy the car because the car is not dependable. Or imagine getting married and you're standing before the pastor. Beautiful day. The bride's in white. The groom's got his tux on. And they're standing before each other, before the pastor, and they begin to read their vows, for better, for worse, richer, for poorer. Ooh, these are wonderful words. I'm never going to leave you, right? These are covenantal words. What, what beautiful words these are. Can you imagine if it in the vow, they said, and I'm going to be faithful to you 99% of the time, right? Can you imagine? You'd be like, huh? What's going on here? Or can you imagine just sitting there in the wedding and you're just in there say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be good. You know, if you, if you do the dishes, I'll take out the, the garbage. And if, let, let, can we sign this right now before the pastor? Is everybody's watching this beautiful event, all the flowers, right? And you're thinking, what is going on, right? And the pastor says, yeah, that's good. Can you check that off now? Okay, can you check that? Will you, you know, you would, you would pick up your toaster and you'd head out the back door, right? You'd take off. You'd say, this is ridiculous. See, I want you to realize what Jeremiah realizes is God's faithfulness is 100%. He is always faithful and dependable, and he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. You see, what hurts? What hurts is why is faithfulness so important? See, what hurts when someone doesn't follow through with their commitment? The reason why it hurts is because faithfulness matters. Commitment matters. Jeremiah looks at his world around him and he's discouraged because everything's falling apart. And he knows it's because of the decisions that God's people has made. And because God loves them, he's disciplining them. He wants to bring them back. He's not trying to be spiteful or to push them away. He's saying, listen, I want to draw you to myself. This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to discipline you. But he looks at God. And even though everything else is falling around, around him, he knows that God is faithful. 
I love what the ESV study notes say here. It says, God's covenantal fidelity and personal integrity remains intact no matter what happens. God is consistent. God is faithful to his covenant to us. And Jeremiah understood this. So what's the meaning of a covenant? God binds himself to us. He's faithful to us, not dependent on me or my good works. Everybody say amen, right? He's faithful to us because of his covenant. And Jeremiah knew that. Jeremiah knew that God would ultimately not give up on Israel because of his covenant he made with her. And at its most basic level, it's really just a covenant is an oath made between two parties. And we can understand this in a, in a biblical marriage. A biblical marriage is a covenant between a husband and a wife. That is a biblical definition of a covenantal marriage is between a husband and a wife. It's not a contract. A contract says, if you do this, I'll do that. The vows at a wedding ceremony speak covenantal language, for better, for worse, for rich or poor, for sickness and in health. I do not hear any condition in a wedding vow. I don't hear that. So Jesus has this covenantal relationship with us, not based on conditions. It's not based on conditions. If your marriage ceremony were based on conditions, it would be the worst wedding ever. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples. And this is why we know God is faithful to us through his son, Jesus. When Jesus was with his disciples and right before he's ready to go to the cross, he shares with them the covenant that he would ultimately make with them through his blood. Matthew 6.28 says this, For this is my blood, Jesus says, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. The faithfulness of Christ and his obedience to the cross opens the door for us to have a relationship with God. God binds himself to us through the precious blood of the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus Christ. God's faithfulness to us is not dependent on my goodness, but on the finished work of Christ on the cross. And when I put my faith in Christ Jesus and I believe what he did for me, and we repent from our sins, we can have this relationship restored with God the Father. And God is faithful to his promises, and we can completely depend on them. And so I want you to be secure in your relationship with Jesus that's not dependent on whatever happens in your circumstances. Your relationship and your identity is secure because what Christ already provided for us through his work on the cross. Jesus speaks all these words to us. I will never leave you or forsake you. Nothing can separate you from my love. So how can we know that these words are true? How can I have complete confidence that God will never leave us? Because so much of our circumstances and the difficult things we go through in life, we can say that, that, that God isn't near me or God doesn't hear my prayers because we're basing it on our circumstances not on the blood that Jesus poured out for us on the cross to make that covenant with us. That's how we know that God is faithful to us because of his son, Jesus. Our circumstances are always going to change, but our relationship with Jesus never has to change because of what he's already done for us. Jesus gave his life for us and his blood confirms the covenant he makes with us and it's not dependent on us. 
but it's dependent on what Jesus already accomplished for us. So my faith in Christ Jesus secures the forgiveness of my sin, and God is faithful to forgive because of the work of Christ Jesus. So the question is, how does faithfulness now translate into our lives? If we know that God is faithful, and he's faithful to us through Christ Jesus, and it it speaks covenantal language of, I'll never leave you or forsake you, knowing that, man, if I mess up tomorrow, I don't feel like God's just going to abandon me and give up on me. I'm so thankful for that, that we can always return to the Lord, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I don't have to worry that God's just, oh, okay, Barney, well, you said about, you, you did something wrong, blah, 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 and I just, I'm abandoning you. Good luck with the rest of your life. I'm thankful that that's not the covenant relationship that God has with us. So how does faithfulness, knowing that God is faithful to us through Christ Jesus, through his precious blood and his sacrifice, how does that translate into my life? Well, the character of Christ should be in us. And because Jesus was faithful and obedient to the Father to do everything for us that we couldn't do for ourselves, this translates in the way we live our lives now. That we should be faithful. That we we should be committed people because of what Christ has done for us. Knowing that Christ was faithful to us and did everything possible to reach us, we should respond with faithfulness to him and commitment to him. You see, the Lord doesn't look for your abilities, not looking at your resume and all your giftings to see, oh, okay, I can really use this person. He doesn't really care about that. The thing that God cares about is, are you available? Are you saying, God, just use me? I want to be faithful to be used by you, whether it's the small things or the big things. Are you faithful to be used by the Lord? That's how we respond to faithfulness. Faithfulness is doing the right thing in the eyes of the Lord. It's being faithful even in the most insignificant tasks. It's saying, Jesus, you are faithful to me. No matter what the task is before me, I want to be faithful to you. You can think. Think of somebody in your life that you saw was faithful. Think of that person. What made them faithful? Why did you respect them? Because you saw commitment in them. You saw that they were faithful. And, and I'm so grateful for the family that, that I was raised in. And I'm very thankful that many of you, maybe you had a very difficult family life, maybe not a good father figure in your life. And I'm, I'm very, never take that for granted for the faithfulness that I had in my parents. And I remember just as a kid, you know, you watch older men and you watch them. You look at the way they live their lives. And the one thing I can say about my dad growing up is that he was faithful. You know, faithful to my mom. Faithful in his job. Faithful to his parents. Faithful to bring us to church when I didn't want to go to church. (laughs) But they were faithful. You see, when we respond to Christ and what he did for us, we respond in faithfulness because we want to honor him in our life. Faithfulness is consistency. It's doing what you said you would do. It's faithful being day in and day out, this faithfulness. People are watching those things. And I don't do it to get people to notice, but we should do it because Jesus is faithful to us and I want to be faithful to him because of what he provided for me through the cross. I want to share a story with you. It's, it's a story of only two verses in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. 
And it's a story, and it, if you if you read you know reading through the Bible, you could just kind of skip over the story and just kind of forget about it because it only it, you know it's only you know this person only gets highlighted in two verses of the Bible. But it's an incredible story in the book of Samuel by a man named Shema. We need to bring the name Shema back. If you're expecting, name your son Shema, just for me, because we ain't having no more babies on my side. So just name him Shema, because that's just, that's just Shema. I like that name. That's just mm, Shema. I like that. Well, we read this story about this, about this man named Shema, and it's just given two verses, but what Shema did was absolutely incredible, and it speaks to faithfulness in the smallest, minute things. Faithful in the most smallest things. Things that would, would just seem insignificant to the world, yet a big deal to God. So I want, I want, you to, I want to read this, 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 and 12. And so it speaks of these uh, mighty fighting men of King David. So these men that he speak of, Shema was one of these mighty fighting men of David. This was the SEAL team of David's mighty army. Shema was part of the SEAL team. And there's just an elite group of SEALs here, and Shema was one of them. And listen to what he, listen to what he does. It says, next to him was Shema, son of Agi, the Herorite. He probably had a cool dad name. Agi, right? Cool names there. And he says, when the Philistines, Philistines was a constant, constant Achilles heel to the Israelites, but when the Philistines banded together at a place where there is a field full of lentils, legumes, not necessarily beans. I studied this, okay. I did some study. Legumes. Shema is in a field of lentils. Okay, there he is. Israel's troop fled from them, but not Shema. He took his stand in the middle of the field, and he defended it and struck down the Philistines, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Shema's in the middle of this field of lentils. The Philistines are coming. He's standing his ground. Everybody else said, Shema, good luck with it. We're out. We're not, th- listen, these beans may be important to you. This field full of lentils may be important to you. Not to us. We're not willing to give our lives over this field. See you later. Shema is standing there all by himself. A field full of lentils. Faithfulness. Shema saw something bigger there. That was his duty. Everybody else may have thought it was insignificant. It wasn't a big deal. But to him, it was important. It reminds me of a story um, that I heard years ago that I read. And each September, schools around our nation gather for what we call see at the pole. And what students will do is they'll gather around their flagpole and pray for their school, pray for the nation, and uh, pray for their teachers, and they gather around. And it's been going on since the 90s. And uh, when I was a youth pastor, our students would do that. I remember reading a story of one student that went to their flagpole, but no one else was there. 
And as the student walked up, stood at the flagpole all by themselves, no other students came except for that one student. A parent who happened to be passing by took a picture of it. And later, they interviewed that student and asked them, why did you stand? Why didn't you leave? And how they responded was this. I didn't care if anyone else came, but I knew I was to be there because I knew God was with me. I don't care what your situation is, where you are, no matter if anyone else doesn't follow, are we willing to stand in the middle of a field of lentils for the Lord? As insignificant as that might seem, who was Shema ultimately fighting for? Well, he was fighting for the Lord. Everyone else took off, but he was faithful. Shema was faithful to God and didn't compromise. See, that, that's the point of the story, is compromise. Jesus didn't compromise for us at all. He gave everything for us. And that message should drive us to say, God, am I faithful to you even in the small things in my life? God cares about those things. He cares about the field of lentils. And the reason why is because he had strong convictions and he knew what he was supposed to do. He knew what he was supposed to do. Faithfulness is doing the same thing over and over and over again. Shema's responsibility was to defend the lentil field. But it wasn't the lentil field. It was the faithfulness of Shema to serve his God. I heard it this way, that faithfulness follows commitment. Faithfulness follows commitment. I appreciate our church so much and the commitment that you make to serve this body. Whether it's serving children or little things around the church. Um, someone came up to me the other day and was walking into the church and just said, boy, the front of your church looks absolutely beautiful. And I told him, I said, you realize that we have three volunteers that do that faithfully to make the flowers look nice, do all the weeding. They're faithful. And so many of you do so many, maybe not big things, but small little faithful things around the church to serve the Lord. Thank you for the faithfulness of your giving to the Lord, whether it's financially or serving him. It may be small, but it's about faithfulness. Be faithful because Christ was faithful to us. So thank you for your service unto the Lord and for your giving. Shema was faithful. And it may have seemed small, but the Lord won the battle. I remember the first place Kathleen and I served as a youth pastor in 1990. We served at a church in Albany for a couple years as the youth pastor there. And it was an old, like it was an Italian church that started off as mostly Italian. They actually had Italian hymn books in the pews. And uh, so when they found out my last name was Gerace Gerace, you know, they got kind of excited. I go, I only got 20%. I just got, so they started talking Italian to me. I wouldn't have any idea what they're saying. But anyways, all the old ladies love me. But anyways, so they, there was this one person I remember in the church, this older Italian lady. And uh, I remember coming to church on on Sunday morning and um, walking into the sanctuary. (laughs) Now hear this one voice 
praying. And she'd always come up to the front. She'd kneel at the front, kneel at the altar, and would pray every single Sunday. And I would hear, and she'd say, God, move in our church. God, move in the pastors. Touch their hearts. She was faithful to do that every single week. It's a small thing. Nobody saw it. I saw it because I came early to church. But she was faithful to pray, and I never forgot that. Listen, don't give up. Your circumstances may want you to give up. Don't give up. Encourage yourself in the Lord like Jeremiah did. His hope was in the Lord. He knew God was not going to abandon Israel, and God's not going to abandon you. Don't give up. You keep praying. Don't give up on your kids or whoever you're praying for. Don't give up. God is faithful. You keep praying. And as I was um, thinking about all these things, I just kept reminding, trying to remind myself that there's no job that is, that is so insignificant when done unto the Christ. There's nothing. When you're faithfully doing, there's no job that is so insignificant when it's done unto Christ. So where is your life and, and how can you increase your faithfulness and how can Christ help you in your life today? knowing that he is faithful to you and won't give up on you. As I was just looking over my notes this morning, praying this morning for today's service, I just, there's these two passages by David in, in the book of Psalms that I just want to read to you. And you can write these down because they're encouraging. And we're going we're gonna to close in song, singing about the goodness of God. We need to constantly remind ourselves of the goodness of God. It's so easy to get discouraged because of everything that's going on in our world and maybe in your own personal lives. But we, we need to encourage ourselves, Lord, by reminding ourselves over and over again that God is still good. And I want to give you a couple psalms here, and you can, you can write these down and just hold on to them, memorize them. Keep reading them all week to encourage yourself. But I love Psalms 27, 13. It says this, David says, and all the things that David went through and all the mistakes that he went through in his life, he says this. He says, I'm still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David says, I know I'm still going to see God in the land of the, of the living. God will be faithful. My circumstances may say otherwise, but I know that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And in Psalms 145, verses 4 through 7, and let me just finish with this. I love what David says here. He says, One generation will commend your works to another, and they will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. One generation will speak it to another generation. We need to be faithful. Parents, be faithful. It's the faithfulness of this next generation that's coming up that needs to see our faithfulness so that it can, can, can continue. Amen? Last night we had 21 young people, young adults at our house for the young. If you're a young adult, 18 through 30, 
relaunching the young adult group. We had 21 young people at our house last night. I'll tell you what. Just hearing them worship in our backyard, hearing another young person speak the word of God to them, Kathleen and I were so encouraged. I'm like, man, I need to get it together. These guys are on fire, right? And just to hear them and hear their hearts and to hear their struggles, that they're not perfect and the things that they've gone through, but to hear their heart for God, there is a generation that's hungry, that wants to know the Lord. And we need to be faithful in our walk and our lives so they can see it and we can pass it on to them that each generation can see the goodness of God. And God is good. God is good and he's faithful. So let's remain faithful to our relationship with Jesus Christ and live it in this world so they can see that we're different. Amen? And whatever you're struggling with today, I just want to remind you simply, God is good and he's faithful. And there's a fresh supply of his mercies when you wake up tomorrow morning. They're going to be there. His mercies are new every single morning. There's a fresh supply of his grace every single day to help you, to sustain you, to make it through, and to give you hope, knowing that God is with you and will never forsake you. Let's encourage ourselves in the Lord. God is faithful. Don't look at your circumstances or I will hit you. I will slap you. All right? Look to the character of God. He loves you. He's committed to you through his son Jesus, through the covenant of his blood. And let's be committed to Christ. Let's encourage ourselves knowing that God is faithful. Father God, we, we, um, we struggle. We all struggle. We struggle with life. We struggle with our problems. We, we struggle to overcome the things that, that can so easily overcome us. And that doesn't mean this life's going to be easy or that the struggles will never have struggles. We are going to have them. We are going to struggle consistently. But I'm so thankful, God, that you are faithful, that even in our struggle, you're not going to leave us, that we can depend on your character and your goodness to encourage ourselves, knowing that you are faithful to us. So, Lord, I just pray that you would just give us just your mercy today a fresh dose of your mercy, that you would give us a fresh dose of your grace today to give us strength and to give us hope. That even though this circumstance may be bad, we know that you're good and you're faithful and ultimately our salvation rests in the hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're grateful for that. So just speak to us. As we sing this unto you, God, and we just express our gratitude that you are a good God and that you're faithful and may your joy just just be imparted into our hearts as we sing of your faithfulness and your goodness. And we want to be careful to ask all these things, all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. God is good. Can we thank the Lord this morning for his goodness and his faithfulness? Amen. Amen. He's good.